I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's Tuesday, 17th of March. I'm Andy Brassel. She's Jules Breach. And this is Jules and Andy on Football Ramble Daily. So for me, there is only one way forward. You cancel the whole of this season for everything. Remember, you can always get in touch with us at Jules Breach, at Andy Brassel, Jules and Andy at footballrambledaily.com. It's been a surreal week for football. It's been a surreal week for the world in in, in general. So, Jules, we're going to get uh, straight into it. Um, what impact has the current situation had on, on you? What, what was what was your weekend? Well, first of all, Andy, this is different, isn't it? We're normally sat in a room together recording, and we're so far away from each other now. But mm. I'm I'm just glad that we can still do this and that we can still have a little chat and hopefully entertain everyone who is able to still listen to this. So uh, thank you if you are listening. It's been a strange weekend, hasn't it, Andy? I mean, a weekend without football. It, we, we we talked about it during the winter break back in February, didn't we? And how strange that was to not have a full set of fixtures, but now to not have any football whatsoever has been so strange. And it's a very weird, uncertain time that we're living in right now. And the weekend for me was particularly hard because I've actually not been feeling too well either so I have I have got a few flu symptoms and I'm unaware whether I have coronavirus or not but in the current time that we're in I would assume that I do so I've actually been self-isolating since 
Friday. I haven't actually left the house since Thursday night when I got mm. in from work. Um, on Friday morning, I was told that um, the show I was meant to be presenting on Friday at the Premier League wasn't going to go ahead. But I'd actually started to feel some very mild flu symptoms on Friday. So I decided on Friday I wasn't going to go into work anyway. So I've not left the house now for five days. And I've, I've, I'm definitely starting to feel a little bit trapped and a bit strange. And, and I, I'm in a, a two-bedroom flat in London with my other half. And because I've had symptoms, therefore, it means he needs to also stay indoors. So yeah. we've both been trapped inside together for the last few days um, and finding lots of random things to do around the house um, and watching a lot of Netflix. That's, that's basically what we've been doing with, with our time. But um, yeah, it has been strange. But I, I do just want to point out that it is so important that if you do have any cold and flu symptoms to stay indoors, I know that that is the advice that everyone's been given now. And even though it's hard and it's strange, it's definitely the responsible right thing to do as difficult as it is. It, it is the right thing to do. And um, it, it is difficult to, to do, as you say, because um, as as we know, there's a lot of people that that we know who, who work in football, who's... Um, not only work, but income streams have, have ground to a complete halt. Um, mm. people, people who are working freelance. So um, it, it's, it's going to be a, a, a tough time for, for, for some of them. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, I, I mean, I think the pace with which it all happened um, made it so surreal. I mean, you could say that about society in general, but, you know, I think if we bear in mind, um, we went into – Friday and officially all the weekend's Premier League games were still on. Um, Friday afternoon, um, the Bundesliga games were still officially on. And um, so this has been football sort of dealing with an unprecedented situation on the hoof, really. And and, and there's no other way in in, in which it could be done. Um, for, for me, I, I found it really interesting that, um, of, of course, you'll be aware because you, you, you cover them on on BT Sport, um, the, the, the fact that, uh, that the top couple of leagues in um, non-league football uh, yeah, here, here still in England went ahead. Yeah. Were, were still happening, ex- exactly. And, uh, you know, whether that was the right decision or not, well, I, th- I think we all know the answer to that, don't, don't we? And I, I can mm-hmm. understand that um, a lot of people in non-league are, are really unhappy about that and, and, and quite rightly so. But um, we're at home, as, as we've been at home most of the time, me and my family. And um, uh, me and my son were playing basketball in the back garden and we live about probably five minutes walk from, from Dulwich Hamlet. And, okay. you know, they're a very, very well-supported uh, Conference South team. Um, they, they get uh, crowds in, in excess of uh, 2,000 a lot of the time. And it did seem that a, a lot of people had kind of got together there for what they felt might be a, a last hurrah, like their their last chance to to see any live sport for, for quite a long time. And it reminded me a little bit of um, living at um, – it- when I lived in Newcastle, when um, I, I was in my first year at university there and I lived about half a mile down the road from St. James's Park and on a Saturday afternoon, you could hear the cheers as the goals went in. I mean, this was the Kevin Keegan team that nearly won the title <laughs> in 95-96 uh, and it kind of reminded me of that because while we were out in the back garden, me and my son could hear these massive roars as the Dulwich goals went in as as, as they um, came on late to, to, to beat Hemel and 
it, yeah, it's, it's, it's really strange, like equating Dulwich Hamlet to sort of prime Keegan Newcastle United. But <laughs> but, but but that's that's what it, it, it felt like, and um, it did feel as if people were saying a bit of a, a, a see you later to football almost. Yeah, it all feels very surreal, doesn't it? Because football isn't just something that we do for a living. It's something that as football fans, we live and breathe it and we love it. And everything mm. we talk about is football. So it's like, what what is there to talk about? What, what, what can you text your mates about? What can you, you know, like I haven't had a fantasy football team to prepare for the weekend. All of those kind of things. It's all... On it's the plus side, you, you do have like quite a long time to uh, coach me on fantasy football for next season, <laughs> which you'd already committed to do. So yeah, that is very true. You've got a long, you, you you've got a long be, time to learn. Yeah, you've you got won't, all this you, time off. You won't be getting out of that. All this uh, captaining and double pointing is uh, something I, I will be embracing wholeheartedly yeah. when um, when it, whenever football uh, restarts. But um, th- look, the, the the Ramble guys had a, a big chat yesterday about what should uh, happen with, with with the season going onwards. And I, I think they were very thoughtful about it, very eloquent about it. Um, obviously, Luke's thought um, particularly was that the, the, the season should should be cancelled. And mm. that should be that if there's if there's not time to to, to restart it. What what were your thoughts on on their views, Jules, and where, where do you stand on it? And I, I realise things are changing. It's still early days, and there are caveats to to every opinion and all the rest of it. But I'm, I'm interested to know what you think. It's a really tricky one, isn't it? Because as you say, this is such a fluid situation, and every time something new comes out you might slightly change your mind on it. And obviously we know that UEFA are meeting today and they're going to make a decision on the Euros and that will have a massive impact on how I think everyone views what should happen with the domestic leagues. I think based on what the boys were saying on um, Ramble yesterday, and as you say, Luke's Luke's thoughts on basically nulling and voiding this season as as it is, I don't know. I think that it's a tricky one because... I feel like for the integrity of the competition, it just doesn't quite feel right not to finish the league. But I also do understand that that isn't necessarily the most important thing right now because health has to come first. But prior to listening to the boys on the Ramble yesterday, my personal thoughts on it were that what sits right with me is that the league is postponed until it is safe for everyone to go back to living life as normal and then we continue playing the league and that the league then gets the rightful finish that it deserves. Liverpool can be crowned champions in front of their fans. The three teams that are in the relegation zone now, in my opinion, don't deserve to be relegated because look at the past, look at the amazing great escapes we've had in previous seasons where, you know, at this stage of the season, teams have still survived, even though they've been in the relegation zone. I think it would be unfair to relegate the teams that are there at the moment. So that for me, isn't an option. It's not an option to just say, oh, Liverpool are so far ahead. Let's give them the title and let's relegate the teams that are in the bottom three and promote whoever's in the promotion positions in the other leagues. I don't think that's right at all. So to me, that's not an option. I think the two possible options are, Luke's option of nulling and voiding it but for some reason it just doesn't really sit right with me I personally feel that continuing the season when it's safe to do so 
if the Euros is able to be postponed to 2021, that's what sits right with me. But I also do understand that there are knock-on effects to next season and, and, and qualifications for European tournament for next season, which obviously usually starts in July, doesn't it, Andy? So yeah. there's all these knock-on effects of that being a possibility, but that's what, as, as a football fan sitting here now trying to be neutral about it, that's what sits right with me. What, what do you think? I feel, um, I think, broadly similar. I think that whenever it is safe to resume football, we should just finish this season. I, I would think it was more damaging to write off the efforts of what teams have put in so far just to make room for a season that hasn't even started yet. You know, mm. you, you don't miss what you've never had. And if next season has to get written off, well, I, I'm more fine with that than I am writing off a season that's 70% done, uh, to be perfectly honest. I, I, I hadn't actually that, thought of it like that, you know, Andy, but that that actually makes complete sense. You know, the, the, the fact is life goes on despite sport. Um, and uh, if, if we look at, you know, uh, it's, it's a different situation, but if, if you look at um, seasons in, in, in American sport where they had the NBA lockout, where they, they couldn't agree a collective uh, bargaining agreement uh, between the, 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 the players and the leagues, if, if you go back uh, 10 years or so, and, um, you know, you, you had a, a season that pretty much didn't, didn't happen or, or a season that's vastly truncated as, as happened in, in that case, you know, I would rather this season was finished off at whatever point that is, whether it's um, July, September, December, whenever it is. Um, and then next season is is shortened. So whether that means that you only play one round of fixtures than a home and away, whatever. Whether, whether next season becomes, I don't know, some sort of Champions League style cup competition, what, whatever happens. I don't think what happens with next season is important now. Well, none of it's really important in the, the overall world scheme of things. But in terms of um, when we do get back to football, and it will be hugely important because it's an escape and a joy for, for, for so many. Um, I, I think to, to honour the integrity of that as best we can in this impossible situation, this season has to be finished and whether that's in um, July, September, December, doesn't matter to me. It just needs to finish in my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree. And I know that there are lots of talks about players' contracts ending in June potentially and how that will affect it. I think ultimately what it when it comes down to it, there are going to have to be so many different measures that are going yeah, to have to be People have to show flexibility, right? Exactly. And it, people are going to have to be flexible. This is a completely one-off hopefully situation that we're living in and hopefully this will never happen again but it's something that we're all learning as we go through and, and it's something that I think that as human beings we do have to be mindful of that there are it's difficult to know the right and wrong so if someone has an opinion on something and they suggest something try not to be too disrespectful and, and mm. kind of shoot them down for it because we're all kind of learning as we go through this situation it's all very uncertain and it's good to talk about it and good to still have these conversations. Absolutely. And that's, that's a really good point, I think, about understanding the, the difficulties that everyone's have having in dealing with this, this situation. I mean, I've seen a, a lot of criticism of uh, presidents, uh, 
board members who are trying to sort this out at the moment. And obviously, Karen Brady's had a lot of stick, for example, about talking about wiping um, the season with people doubting their motives. The same with uh, Jean-Michel Olas, um, the president of Lyon in, in, in France. And much as I think um, like football leaders have a responsibility to um, temper their language and to... Um, be careful about what they're saying and think about the implications of of what they're saying. I think in, in our situation as well, we have to look at the fact that these people are trying to negotiate uh, their way out of an, an impossible situation, an unprecedented situation, and a situation where we, we don't know where it's going to end, where stuff's changing all the time. I mean, I wrote in my um, Guardian column, uh, my Guardian Bundesliga column yesterday, um, about Freddy Bobic, the, the the sporting director of Eintracht Frankfurt. And it was a really great quote from him where he said, a decision that you make uh, with full and firm conviction in the morning can be useless by the afternoon. And I, I yeah. think that's a very, very good way of, of, of describing it. And, you know, whatever we think of um, leaders in football and their motivations and their priorities, um, what they are responsible for is finding a situation that when we get football back, and like I said, I think we'll need it and cherish it more than ever, um, that we've actually got something to get back. And yeah. I, I, I think certainly in terms of the Premier League clubs, and I think all elite clubs across Europe, they're in a good position um, to use the money that they have wisely um, to benefit football as a whole and to mitigate the impact on themselves as well. And I think, especially in England, it's it's a really, really important thing because there are clubs in uh, League One and lower who who are really going to suffer through this and really going to be in danger. And, you know, when we've seen before a, a club like Berry, for example, reached the situation that they have, which is something we've spoken about, Jules and Andy, on Jules and Andy earlier this season. Um, that felt beyond the pale. That felt unprecedented. I think there's going to be a lot of these situations we have to deal with. And I think top level football, especially, has to make some sort of provision for these clubs because England is unique in a way, in, in the sense that, you know, when you travel over the world and you know you think that the, the Premier League is the thing that gets people abroad the most and to an extent it is but the, what I find that people abroad are always taken aback by they're like okay so you have fourth and fifth and sixth division football live on television why is yeah. that why do people turn up and watch it and do you know what you can only really explain it if you're here that the, the fact that these clubs really are community hubs and and people care about them now i think the sad fact of it is that if a club in even the second or third tier of portugal goes bust off the back of this well some people will be sad and obviously it will affect the employees of the club but a lot of people in the wider world won't care if you took i don't know three four clubs out of or even more out of league 1 league 2 and they simply disappeared that is huge for the landscape of English football. Yeah. And these clubs are loved and adored by their fans just as much as any of the bigger clubs in the world. It doesn't matter exactly. that they have less fans. Those fans still care just as much about that club as 
you do if you're a fan of a Premier League team or a team in the Bundesliga or a team in La Liga. It doesn't matter. A football club is a football club and there are fans that have followed that club their entire life and through generations of their families as well. And I think this is the real sad reality of of what we're going through right now is that it will seriously financially affect a lot of these lower league clubs. And I think that that's possibly, Andy, one of the reasons why the National League did carry on last Mm. weekend because they know just how hard hit they're going to be by even one weekend of not having that game on. And they probably could foresee that this was going to happen for a longer period of time. And they thought, let's try and make the gate money while we can. There are also all the other financial implications from these lower league clubs that if you don't follow a lower league team, you may not have even thought about. I remember uh, when I used to live down in, in Brighton and I used to go and watch Lewis quite a lot, that their clubhouse would be hired out most weekends for parties and celebrations. Mm. And that's, again, that's another way that they can earn money at the club is by hiring it out for, for birthdays, anniversaries, other different parties, little get-togethers. That's all all money for the club. And now with this kind of new, new imposed um, legislation that we can't have any social gatherings and that we need to to socially distance ourselves, which is the right thing to do. That means all of these football clubs are also going to be losing out financially on that side of the business. It's not just about the football fans coming and watching their team play every weekend. It's all of the other stuff and all the other ways that the clubs can actually generate money as well. And they are going to be seriously hard hit by this. And 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 that's that's really hard to to even think about how they're going to cope. Yeah, th- these these clubs and the, the people who work in them who I think you're absolutely right in underlining Jules they're, 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 they're very very versatile um, they are linchpins for the for the community as, as you say it's, it's it's not just the football it's all the other, the other stuff I mean I think if you look at Sutton United for example um, with their artificial pitch they have become um, open seven nights a week pretty much for yeah. uh, community groups and young players and and all others to 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 get involved and and that has been a money spinner for the club i mean you know they had to ask themselves at one point when they were close to being promoted to the football league do we want to be promoted if we have to get rid of the artificial surface so <laughs> yeah. i think i think that shows uh, you know exactly how much of a, a hub these these clubs can be and the people who work at these clubs work incredibly hard um they have to they have to multitask and i, I know the feeling in the in the wider world can be football's entertainment Everyone who works in it is loaded. They'll be all right. That's true for the elite, but I think if you look at um, if, if if you look at you know below that elite level, outside the the Premier League and possibly outside the Championship, it it, it can be incredibly tough. And I think there has to be that support because it's, it's something that elevates English football above a lot of its competitors. I, I think it's as much a selling point for for England as as the Premier League. I, th- I think people love to come over and experience games, not just in the Premier League, but at, at all different levels. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that does England a, a huge amount of credit. I, th- I think it's, it's, it's really, really important. And I, th- I think because there's such a relationship between all levels of of, of English football, 
it would be really nice to see the the, the Premier League do something. Now, I know they, they do something in terms of solidarity payments already, um, but these are extraordinary times. And I think people have to think outside the, the, the box a little bit. And I think yeah. especially in terms of watching live football, it's important because we have to bear in mind that a lot of people, especially people with kids, can't afford to take their kids to, to Premier League football anymore. Um, but what they can do is take their kids to see their local club. So what happens if that local club doesn't exist? It it changes the experience of, of viewing football because I know from seeing my my kids and their friends and I know what a hub like Dulwich Hamlet, as we were talking about at the top is, for, for, for example, um, how important it is to them. You know, their perception of watching football on television and watching football in, in the flesh it's, it's totally different. And of course it is a totally different experience. And for that experience to be compromised for, for, for future generations and current generations would be really sad. Yeah, I agree. And on, on Friday, when it was announced that the weekend's fixtures in the Premier League were going to be postponed until at least April the 4th, which is now looking an unrealistic restart time. Mm. It was obviously done at such short notice and there were a lot of Premier League clubs who on social media announced that they were going to be donating their hospitality and their match day food and packed lunches to the homeless, which is obviously a really positive thing. I know Aston Villa were one of the teams to do it. Brighton were another club to do it. And um, Brighton have obviously also committed, I don't know if you saw this, but they've committed to paying all their match day staff until the end of the season, which is an amazing thing for mm. them to do. But like you say, they're a Premier League club, Andy, so they can afford to do that. Whereas when you look lower down in the leagues, there's no way that some of the lower league clubs are going to be able to afford to still pay their match day staff. So then we start thinking about people's livelihoods and the fact that there are going to be so many people that are out of pocket, even just in my immediate people who I work with, obviously working in telly, there are a lot of freelancers and even on just on BT Sports Score alone, there's around a hundred of us that work on that one show on a Saturday when you take into account all of the different operators, all of the crew, all of the people that sit in the gallery. And the majority of them are all freelancers. And now everyone's going to be losing out on money at some stage during this. And it's it's a really difficult time for everyone. And when you think about the financial side of it for football clubs, these lower league teams aren't going to be able to afford to pay their staff. And I, I was watching Football Focus on Saturday and the Tranmere Rovers um, chairman and owner, Mark Palios, was on. And he was asked the question on Football Focus, you know, Tranmere in League One, how hard hit are they going to be by this postponement of football? And you know, it actually made me really sad with what, what Mark Palios said. He said, you know, we'll be okay because we've got a savings pot that we we put some money in to help fix the pitch. We've had a few problems with the pitch and, mm. and we, we had a pot of money to be able to, to sort the pitch out. But now we're just going to have to use that money instead to, you know, help keep the club alive. And you just think, gosh, this is, this is just awful. The reality of it is that people are going to have to sacrifice other things just to keep their football club alive now. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to Jules and Andy on Football Ramble Daily. We're going to get to your correspondence very shortly. And I know there'll be a lot of people who are self-isolating right now. So keep yourselves entertained. We are going to be here and all of Football Ramble Daily are going to be releasing episodes every single day as normal. So this is the time for you guys to help us out with some things to talk about. So we need you more than ever. Do get in touch with us at Jules Breach on Twitter, at Andy Brussel. And of course, you can email us, Jules and Andy at Football Ramble Daily. We'll get to some of your emails and tweets very shortly. Um, Also, we do want to kind of cheer things up a bit, don't we, Andy? So we're going to reflect back on what has been an amazing season so far and talk about some of our favourite moments of the season. So what's yours, Andy? Well, you know what, Jules, because we were talking about getting out there in in the open air and actually enjoying football in the flesh. For me, it's got to be one that I did um, for our our at the match series on football ramble daily and that was the berlin derby back in nice. november between union and and herta it was absolutely fantastic um union won it right near the end uh, with a former qpr player scoring the winner can you believe that there you go visually <laughs> and um the, the atmosphere was absolutely sensational i mean the the, the first arise are really um peculiar unusual stadium that was uh, rebuilt by their own fans of course when the club were running out of money quite germane for the times i suppose and um they're facing herter a, a far more money club that have had a lot of investment um this season um but in terms of um yeah just the the noise uh the pyrotechnics um which Ended up. Were there with, flares at that game as well, Andy? Oh yeah, do I, was, do I remember that, that rightly. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And yeah. um, at, at the end, there was. Uh, and I don't a, mean the trouser type flares. 
no no <laughs> no we're going to save the retro stuff for a couple of weeks time when we're really short on material yeah <laughs> but um yeah there was there was uh, this extraordinary scene at the end where the union players were celebrating in front of their fans uh, uh, on in front of the home curver and um some of the herter fans were firing fireworks at them and so some rather unhappy Union fans who were not at all sinisterly wearing balaclavas started climbing over the fence to maybe return their opinions. And uh, Rafa Gikovic, the, the the goalkeeper for Union, just stood in front of all these masked men and said, no, 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 you're not doing that, <laughs> and, and made them get back in the stand. It was, what an it was absolute geezer. Extraordinary. It was absolutely extraordinary. Um, but, yeah, the, the footage of that is is online. Um, the match itself was more about the, the the pyrotechnics and the atmosphere than the actual football. But yeah, you can listen back to it on um, at the match as well. It's back in the first second week of of November, and it was it was just a a, a brilliant a- occasion. What about think, you? Yeah, I was going to say I think that um, right now, while a lot of people are at home, a lot of people are going to be watching back those those classic matches or their their best games of the season and. Um, the one that I'm going to pick out, my my moment of the season was Brighton beating Tottenham 3-0 at the Amex. <laughs> it was a lunchtime game. I've already watched it three times, um, but I'm still not bored of it. So I think that's got to be one of my highlights. It was such a good game. And, and you were actually in the studio with us that day, weren't you, Andy, at BT Sport? And uh, I, I, was, I, had, I was screaming. I had, I had the joy of... Uh sitting next to Harry Redknapp and watching it. Yeah. <laughs> quite an experience. He wasn't that happy as uh, you can imagine. But um, at the time, I remember thinking, and she missed a bit because uh, people might not be aware, but you're deep in preparation for <laughs> the show at that point. So you're yeah. kind of between I'm in and out. Studio I'm and, in and out of the, the, and, the green and, room where you guys are all watching it. Exactly, exactly. So I think even in a normal situation, you could be forgiven for watching it uh, three times. I'm going to say you're going to get to seven viewings by the end of the week. Yeah, I mean, I've already watched back the goals just before we did this because we were talking about our favourite moments of the season. I was like, yeah, it's got to be that. Let me remind myself of those three goals. And it was just <laughs> it was just brilliant, especially because we scored so early on. And I know it was um, a poor goalkeeping error from Hugo Lloris and he subsequently got injured after that, didn't yeah. he? And, and spent yeah. a, a bit of time out. Um, but starting the game off like that with an early goal, and then it was the, the game was all about Aaron Connolly, wasn't it? It was his first Premier League start. He got his first two Premier League goals. Just a young player for the future for Brighton. And it was just amazing to see him kind of burst onto the scene like that. And everyone now knows his name and it's because of that match. But it was also a very interesting time for Tottenham, wasn't it? Because this mm. was obviously Maurizio Pochettino was still in charge. It was just off the back of their 7-2 drubbing by Bayern Munich in the Champions League game, which I was at that week as well. And I remember after that defeat in the Champions League, I thought to myself, I can't wait to play them this weekend now. This is the perfect time to play Tottenham because their heads have dropped and they are so low on confidence and we could get something out of this game. But I still never thought it was going to be a 3-0. And, and what I loved so much about about that match is that was, I think, the day that everyone started to go, okay, yeah, Tottenham are in a bad way at the moment, but that was actually a brilliant performance by Brighton and we Mm. can now see why they've chosen Graham Potter. We could start, I think everyone could start to see what he was trying to do 
And obviously, I know that things haven't been smooth sailing since then, but that was kind of the day that it all clicked for Brighton. So those are, are very good memories from earlier on in the season. That's an excellent choice. I have to I have Thank to say. You. Uh, actually, it um, goes into one of our our emails and um, good friend of uh, the Football Ramble Daily, and in fact, guest on on the continent, Ryan Hunters sent us one in. Uh, honest, honest question: How are you both holding up? Oh, that's nice. Hi, and Ryan. how many classic games have you already watched? <laughs> well, Ryan, you know what? I haven't had time so far, which I. I I guess in my situation is probably quite a good thing. Um, <laughs> I am looking forward to though uh, sitting down and maybe watching the potted highlights of West uh, Wimbledon beating West Ham in the FA Cup, which nice. was about 14, 15 months ago. I haven't watched it for a while, but Ryan's tweet has made me think, yeah, I'm going to gonna sit down <laughs> and, and watch that. Do you know what I YouTubed the other day? Glenn Murray's best goals. No really? reason why. Just thought I'd see some Glenn Murray goals. So <laughs> there I was, sat there. I watched about I watched about twenty minutes worth of Glenn Murray's goals on YouTube. There are a lot of reruns of some of the same ones, uh, but sure. that was that entertained me for quite a bit. What, what's what's the soundtrack? Is it like Belgian techno or something? Yeah, you know what it's like on those football videos. It's always something a bit naff, something that you feel like you could have made yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, they, they, and, they, they never quite get it right, do they? Because it's it's either Belgian techno or a ballad. I mean, I would have thought for Glenn Murray, what would have been perfect is one of Jurgen Lucardia's. Uh, oh yeah, that could have that could have been good. That they that, didn't use that, one of his tracks though. They didn't. Would, they weren't. They that weren't that fit. forward thinking, Andy. Different the kind other of thing, assist. Yeah, the other thing that <laughs> the other thing that I watched was uh, what a lot of people I'm I'm sure probably saw on Twitter is the marble racing video. Did anyone? Did you watch that, Andy? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was brilliant. I watched it right to the end, and me and my other half were taking bets on which marble we thought would win, which is just a bit of a sad life, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's come to. Although uh, a lot of people getting in touch along those sort of lines. Uh, Nathan Gisby has written, what's your recommendations for Netflix during this quarantine? Oh, okay. So I watched an amazing film the other day. It's called A Quiet Place. Have you seen right. that, Andy? No. Oh, very good. I th I highly recommend it. It's kind of a like thriller horror. Uh, weirdly, it's actually about the end of the world. So it's kind of kind of apt for right now, um, but hopefully won't read into it too much. But it's about a family that have to try and survive by not making any noise whatsoever. And it is amazing. It's it's brilliantly made. It's fascinating. There's barely any dialogue in the film, which you would think would be really bad but it's mm. actually amazing and the acting's brilliant and um yeah highly recommend that and also if you want a bit of a laugh uh, i watched a stand-up last night mo gilligan and it was brilliant as well so those are the two most recent things i've watched on netflix yeah i, I don't know if people are asking more football-y oh right rec recommendations. <laughs> sorry there's, there's me just reeling off my list of recommendations um i haven't seen i haven't watched any kind of footballing things on netflix um I, I do want to get into one of the other documentaries. I have, still haven't finished the Leeds one, you know. So I might, I might finish oh, we were that. We talking off about that earlier in the season, weren't we? Yeah, I watched. I've watched about half of it, but I never actually got to the end. So I might um, put that on my list of things to watch. But we've got loads of time, so there's no rush, right? Yeah, ab absolutely. Well, th there's there's a Reddit um, thread somewhere of the top fifty football documentaries and of 
links to them as, as well. I'll try and dig that out and, and put it on Twitter. It's a really, really good idea. One uh, of the things I've, I've watched recently, I, I watched something on uh, Karen Benzema. I can't really remember whether that was Amazon Prime or, or Netflix, but it was, it was quite interesting because people have a particular idea of Benzema. Clearly, he had a role in the production of it and it was intended to make him look nice. Uh, but it was, it was very interesting, uh, nevertheless, because there's, there's quite a lot to him. I mean, he's, he's come from a, a tough old background and he's, he's found that quite hard to leave behind, which I think if you know a little bit about the stuff off the pitch, um, that he's mm. had to deal with and that he's, been involved in that's 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 perhaps apparent but it's it's, it's very very interesting to, yeah. to 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 find out anyway um i think if you're going back on on youtube you have to look at um orient yours for a fiver that is absolutely fantastic as Ooh, uh, okay late and orient really um stumble trip through um the, the second part of a tier two campaign and some of some of john sitton's speeches that i know a lot of ramble uh listeners will be aware of already the the manager of Leighton orient at the time they are the absolute stuff of legend i remember when <laughs> when wimbledon played their first season in the top flight in 1986-87 grandstand followed them around and there were lots of dave bassett team talks so if sweary team talks are your thing <laughs> i can definitely recommend the the orient one and the the wimbledon one they're they're oh, absolutely they're absolutely fantastic but Do you know yeah. what um speaking of late and orient i also had an instagram um message from christian lingley um who said he can't wait for this week's jules and andy and he said a couple of things i'd like you to talk about new hobbies to try whilst in isolation yes and also the late and orient fifa event now i actually didn't know about this fifa event so andy you you tell Tell us about it because we were talking about it earlier. Yeah, well, but basically, I think it's inspired by what happened at the weekend. I mean, I, I don't know who got the idea first. Someone was going to come up with it because loads of footballers and football fans are, are, are prolific FIFA players on their um, gaming platforms of choice. Um, but it was meant to be on Sunday, the biggest derby in in Spain, the derby of Seville between Sevilla and, and Betis, which obviously didn't happen. So Sergio Reguilón, who's on loan. Uh, from Real Madrid to Sevilla at the moment, said, okay, why don't we have a game of FIFA for the derby? And it was him and Borja Iglesias, who plays for <laughs> Betis, playing each other. And they had like 60,000 people watching it on Twitch. Incredible. Which was Incredible. even more than you would have had in the, the stadium. And people will know who, who listen to On the Continent and that, that, that is, it's, it's my my favourite game in, in world football. I absolutely love it. Um, I've, I've not watched it back on Twitch yet, uh, so it will be interesting. But Borja Iglesias engineered it for himself to score the winning goal for better, <laughs> which was which was pretty good. And things have expanded from there. Orient uh, 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 organising a whole, I think, like 32 or 64 team tournament with loads of different clubs from all over the world. So it's not just a, a, a pan-European thing, but a pan-global thing as well. Um, I know a couple of uh, French clubs have, have got involved and a couple of clubs from, from the United States as well. So something that's worth keeping an eye on and they can nominate player or fan or whatever to, to represent them. Also, we know that um, AS Roma are very active on, on, on the socials as well. And they've got a load of games set up sort of, against like European rivals. So they're playing, I think, Wolfsburg, Sporting, all sorts of different teams this week because they have a, a special esports gaming team. Are you much of a gamer, Jules, or no? 
Uh, do you know what? I'm not actually, but my my brother and his wife are massive gamers and my brother's wife actually works in the gaming industry and she said that obviously this is one of the positives of of the situation we're in right now is the gaming industry are really thriving from this and they can really help people out. There can be some real positivity out of this situation that they can kind of get communities together in a weird kind of way through esports, can't they? Yeah, ab- absolutely they can. And um, it's, a, it's a terrific thing, especially if uh, your eight-year-old's just received FIFA 20. Well, really, it's for oh, me. It's, it's so for- he's going to be keeping himself busy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's for me, um, <laughs> to, to be perfectly honest, because we, 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 had a, we had a bit of a go of it at the weekend. Uh, Liverpool nil, Leon three just nice. saying just saying <laughs> so, you know what Speak, speaking of games as well Andy is um there are a lot of people uh, a lot of uh football fans a lot of FPL fans are a bit lost without fantasy Premier League and, and loads of them have been um loads of you guys have been messaging and asking questions about how FPL is going to be affected by it and um, Karan Hindo messaged and asked to explain the FPL rules to everyone once again about the games that were postponed boned and how the point system is going to work um the actual answer to that Karan is I'm, I'm not entirely sure um from the message that official FPL put out on Twitter last week is the only guideline that I'm aware of which is that leading into game week 30 if you had made any transfers they would still be counted so if you took a points hit unfortunately your points tally for game week 30 will have been minus four if you took a four point hit if you played your wild card you won't get it back that wildcard team will remain as is. And when the football resumes, fingers crossed, that's the team that you'll get back. Uh, So I hope that clears it up. Basically, any transfers that you did make leading into game week 30 did still count. Um, And obviously, we're all hoping that as soon as it's healthy and safe for everyone to resume playing football and for fans to be back in the stadiums, that everything will return to normal and... uh, at that stage we'll be able to know what will happen with all of our FPL teams but it it is all a little bit crazy and I feel a bit lost without FPL as well Andy it's one of the things that I spend the majority of my time doing is tinkering with my fantasy team well you know what I'm looking forward to and everyone should beware because I'm going to come back and kick your asses because (laughs) I'm going to have some expert coaching during the hiatus I'm I'm looking forward to the fact that you're going to coach me and I'm going to end up being better than you that's what I'm looking forward to the worrying thing is I don't really want to help you Andy because the chances are you will be better than me no no i i I won't be great i don't think um we've got look we've got so much correspondence here and some of them i I think are are big picture questions that we're we're gonna have to have a think about and come back to like chris barber's one which club manager would you want to start your careers with and the same format for end your careers with and um my pal uh dan ogan shaking has has come in with if you could map out your dream career which seven clubs do you pick and what factors would determine those moves dan does a great podcast actually inside the beautiful game which is is worth checking out we will come back to those because they are big ones let's be fair they're absolutely big ones um i just wanted to pick because you've been on 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 the emails as 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 well um 
so I, I, I wanted to just have one email before um, we, we got to the end. I think we kind of touched on it before, but uh, Tom Lovegrove has, has, has been in, in touch uh, saying, hi guys, thought now would be a good time to send a first email. What with the lack of any actual football to really dissect with all the uncertainty over the remainder of the football season as well as the Euros, is there any thought given to players with expiring contracts? I'm a Chelsea fan and um, we have a number of players who deals expire in the summer with players like uh, Giroud and Pedro starting to break back into the side it seems that any chance they had to extend their deals will now be lost in the wake of these postponed games is this something that clubs will consider or is it far too early at this point to be thinking of the summer market cheers love the show Tom well thanks Tom I think that is interesting um, to, to see how it will pan out because it's something that's been discussed from a legal perspective in, in, in Portugal already. And in the Portuguese league rules, for example, there is precedent for in an extraordinary event like this, if a contract expires for it to just be carried on on the current terms until such point as the competition reaches a conclusion. So yeah. clearly there'll have to be creative workarounds in a well, hundred different situations that we could be discussing. But I think that's probably one of them. I'm assuming as well, Andy, that that's probably the most sensible thing and probably the easiest thing because with all these contracts, they end in June because that's when the domestic football season ends. So contracts, yeah, yeah, so contracts go in line with when the football season ends. So I assume that in these extreme circumstances, that contracts will just be extended for the time period until the season ends that that is a pure guess though I have absolutely no background knowledge to whether that is going to be the case however that's what I can assume uh just based on a bit of common sense I think it it just makes sense for that to be the case don't you think yeah I I think that probably is the case but as with everything else uh we shall see look this has been awesome I'm I'm really glad you're on the men's jewels at last thanks Andy um it's been really great to to catch up while we're all boxed away in our our little retreats here and look really great to hear from so many of you look honestly it means more than ever uh that you've been on touch on Twitter Instagram and uh, the emails as always we will be trying our best to get to as many of these messages as possible um over the coming shows we will be back here uh every tuesday on football ramble daily remember you can get in touch with us at jules breach at andy brassel jules and andy at footballrambledaily.com and the emails so we will see you next week see you next week jules see you next week andy look after yourself and thanks everyone for listening and getting in touch we'll see you next time This was a Stakhanov production. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 